Hello, this is Ricardo Cabral, and you're listening to Tales from the Lost Armada. Today's podcast features a conversation with Tony Freitas, who enjoyed one of the longest-running careers in professional baseball. From 1928 to 1955, Freitas won 368 games over 22 minor league seasons. In between that time, from 1932 to 1936, he pitched in the big leagues, beginning with Connie Mack's Philadelphia Athletics and later the Cincinnati Reds. In his first major league season, Freitas had the pleasure, or some might say the pain, to pitch to the 1932 New York Yankees World Series Championship Club, featuring Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Later, while on the Reds, Tony faced the St. Louis Cardinals Gas House Gang, where he was matched against the Dean Boys, Dizzy and Paul. His MLB highlight came on July 1, 1934, when Freitas matched Dizzy Dean for 17 innings and got three hits off the fireball and right-hander in a losing effort. This interview was conducted at Freitas' Orangevale home on July 8, 1992, and it begins with his early memories of his hometown, Mill Valley, California. Buddy said, anytime, bring him up. 
bring him up to spring training. Mm -hmm. So in 1928, I came up to spring training with Sacramento, signed a contract with him, and that was the beginning of my career. What was your impression when you walked into Morning Field for your first tryout? Very strange. I was lost. I was looking at people that you know that I read about. Never dreamed that I'd be seeing seeing them or being among them. I was in awe. Okay, what was your tryout consisting of? Was it a team all around, or was it like all by yourself on the field? No, spring training. So spring training. So yeah. you're among the ball players. You're running with them. You're hitting with them. You're fielding with them. It's like one big happy family. What was your impression of Lou Morris? Can you describe him for me? Well, I don't. I didn't know too much of, of Lou. He was strictly a businessman, and I'm just a kid trying to get along in a brand new world. Of, Professional baseball. Was he the person who signed your, your uh, contract? Yes. Right. Did this guy, Dick Staff, sort of represent you in, or were you all by yourself? I'm all by myself after Tommy got me the, uh, the chance to come up for the spring training, and I'm I'm on my own. Do you remember how much you signed for? Two hundred a month. Oh, you were damn I was. Listen, I was glad to get when I when I put the uniform on, I was getting paid. For the game that I love to play for nothing. So I thought it was quite a thrill just to put on the uniform and get paid for it. When you played that year, the team was thrown in what? Tolan, Sacramento Tolan. Was it really? Uh huh. Bill Carlin says that his name was changed when the Cardinal organization bought it. So he said it was the Senators up until 1930. It could have been. Okay. Sacramento Senators. Did you play for the Senators when you started? Well, I, I, somewhere along the line there was Senators, but I don't remember when. Yeah. When the name Senators were in. Do you remember what kind of a year you had your first year with the Philadelphia? Oh, they sent me. They didn't keep me when the season started. They sent me to Phoenix, Arizona State League. And I stayed down there for the for the year. Then in 1929, I stayed with Sacramento. Spring training with Sacramento. Stayed with them for about six weeks. And they sent me to farm me out to Globe in the Arizona State League. Globe? Globe. One of the low miners. Uh -huh. Real low miners. And at the end of that season, then I rejoined the Sacramento Ball Club. I finished out the year with them. And then 29. 29. Okay. Stayed with them until 1932 when I sold to Philadelphia Athletics. What kind of a club did you have in those years? I mean, do you remember what was it? Uh, well, we had some pretty good ball players. Fellows by the name of Hank Severide, Art Kohler, Jimmy McLaughlin, Ray French, Johnny Monroe, Earl Sheely. That was the infield. And the outfield, we had uh, Frank Osborne, Rick Eldred. Oh, there was some more. Pitching, we had Ray Keating, Laurie Vincy, Fudgy Gould, Doc Crandall. Uh, some of the rest of them escaped me right now. Yeah. I can't remember. Ray Keating seemed to appear in, in the top of some of the records. Oh, yeah. He was, he was great. Mm -hmm. So you played 29, 30, and 31. So three years for the club, actually two full years, 30 and 31. Right. And then following 31, you were sold to the uh, athletics? Athletics in May of 1932. So that was in after spring training. Right. Yeah. That was during the year. During, during the season. season started. So, yeah, I went back and checked on some of those uh, athletic teams. Of course, they've been in the World Series, but three times. Three, right. So it started when you came up. Mm -hmm. And in that, that year, you guys finished what? Second. You finished second the first year. Mm -hmm. You never did go to the World Series. No. I said I would never go in one until I was in one. Oh, so I watch him on TV. <laughs>
about the athletics? Yeah. Oh, we had some pretty good ones. Mickey Cochran was the catcher. First baseman was uh, Jimmy Fox. Second base was uh, Max Bishop. Shortstop was Eric McNair. Third base was Jimmy Dice. In the outfield, we had Al Simmons, Mule Haas, Bing Miller, Ed Coleman. Uh, there's some more, but I can't remember them all. Then in the pitching staff, we had uh, Bob Grove, Rube Wahlberg, George Earnshaw, Leroy Mahaffey, and I think Ed Rommel was still with the ball club then. You, know, you said Bob Grove, you know, he was Lefty Grove. Well, that's right. Did you guys call him Bob at the time? Yeah, it's, well, that's, that's, what's his name, Bob Grove? Lefty Grove? Yeah. Right. Did you have a nickname when he played? Tony. Yeah, well, <laughs> So your first year, you had a pretty decent year, didn't you? 32? 32. My first year was yeah. 1930. No, with the athletic. Oh, with the athletic, yeah. Oh, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky. Win 12, lose 5. That's a pretty good record for a, for for a beginner. Yeah. Did you have any of those guys take you aside and show you anything, or are you pretty much on your own? Oh, they, they, like I said before, when you get on a ball club, I don't care if you're a new grounder or an old-timer, if any of the old-timers can help you, they generally do. Sure. This isn't one of those things where you think they might say, well, he's going to take my job. That, that's not the feeling at all. They help each other, like one big happy family. Who's the manager of the athletic? Honey Mack. Oh, of course. <laughs> Cornelius McGillicuddy. What was your impression of him? Quite a man. Quite a man. Never never conversed very much except to give advice or something like that. Always in street clothes and with that card waving the ball players around, moving them around. What card was it? He had a scorecard. Oh, scorecard. And he kept score. Oh, and he would move he would, everybody always looked into the bench to see what he was doing. And he would, uh, card would be flat, would be for the infielders to move. We know he, and then he'd raise it up for the outfielders and he'd place them where he thought they should be. Oh, he had the game down like a science, like they got it now. They know just about where every ball player hit 50% of the time. You guys finished second in the Yankees that year. I think we were a game and a half or two and a half games out. Close, close. It was pretty close. Now, that year you say Babe Ruth. Recall from me what your experience was there. Yeah. My experience, <laughs> when I first saw the man, I just stood there dumbfounded, looking at the great Babe Ruth that I had read about and heard about and everything, and then finally get to mingle with him, pitch to him. Nervous. <laughs> yeah, he. He hit one off of me. Oh, did he? Yeah. His first time up? Uh, no, I don't think it was his first time up. But during the ball game, I, I struck him out. And then later on in the ball game, he hit one out. So after me, you strikeout Strikeout him? Well, I, like I said, I was just a, just a rookie. And uh, when I struck him out, the fans started applauding, and he took off his hat, and he joined right in with the applause. Tipped his hat. I think it was a curveball. You said him quite a few curves during that set. Oh, yeah. Well, he was a good fastball hitter. 
fact, 90% of those photos are fastball hitters. Of course, in, in that day, 1932, Babe was not the same as he had been, right? I mean, he, oh, in 32, he was still quite, still, oh yeah, he was still quite a, quite a ball player. Gary was a lot tougher to pitch to than Bruce. Quite a man. Talk about a fellow that's built. I still can't figure out how a disease could take that fellow and whittle him down to nothing. It's almost, almost impossible. You can't feature it. You can't even think about it and say it could happen like that, but it did. Well, he was a tougher, tougher hitter to pitch to than Dave. What I mean by that is you could get Ruth to swing at a lot of pitches, change-ups and pitches that were not strikes, but Lou, he was a lot more selective. And he waited for his pitch, and he got it, and when he did, he put some good wood on it. Did he have a weakness? I don't, not that I know of. <laughs> not that I know of. No. Well, that must have been quite a thrill when you guys answered. It was. It was a thrill just to look at the fella and to see him and then to be in the same ball game with him. That was quite a thrill. How many years did you play with the athletics? 30, 32 and part of 33. They sent me down to Portland. Oh. The latter part of 33. That's the Beavers? Portland Beavers in the Coast League, right. Long Street up in Portland. How long did you play with them? I finished off the year with Portland, and then during the wintertime, they made a deal and sold me to St. Paul, the American Association. I was there, and then Cincinnati bought me from St. Paul. That was in 1934. Did you play for the Reds? Yeah. Oh, I played, finished the season of 34, all of 35, and then 36, I was sent back down again. Was that in Portland at the state? He sure was. Okay. Pretty fair second base. Was he? Oh, well, yeah. Had you played him on the Solon? Yes, I did. Before that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was here. Oh, okay. Sacramento Ball Club when I was here first. How did I do in the National League? I got a cup of coffee up there, too, <laughs> as the saying goes. I didn't yeah, stay long. Yeah, but yeah. What was the reason that the athletics uh, dropped you? The bats got too big. <laughs> I couldn't get anybody out. That's generally the cause of the fellow being demoted. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he sometimes refers to broke his arm out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what got me out of, out of Cincinnati. Hurt my arm. And... Uh, they sent me to Columbus, the American Association. But uh, I had I had one real thrill in the National League, and I pitched an 18 inning ball game against the great Dizzy Dean. I pitched 17 innings, and we knocked him, and he was I was taken out for a pinch hitter. And then in the 18th inning, we knocked him out of the box, but he still won the ball game. Yeah. Was that in St. Louis? In, no, in Cincinnati. Right. Oh my God, I mean, I think it's 17 days. That's incredible. Yeah. I lost nine pounds that day. Is that right? <laughs> uh, you remember what the final score of that game was? No, I don't. Well, that would have been, what, 30, you said 35? That was 30. No, I think that was in 34.
he was quite a pitcher. I'll tell you, he, he boasted quite a bit, but he backed up his boasts. He was mostly a fastball pitcher, wasn't he? Right. And he had to get up there and face it every time that he used to Oh, and I'll tell you something else. Speaking about, uh, I got three hits off of, off of the big son of a gun in that 17-hitting ball game. <laughs> yeah, I was, my grandson was down here one day, he was looking through my scrapbook, and he said, hey, you got a couple of base hits off the of Dean, off the of Diz. But I forgot all about it. Now I, I try to keep that fresh in my yeah, memory. <laughs> Because I don't have too many fresh or good memories from up there. The few I have, I like to remember. Well, I have, definitely. Yeah. Well, there was a guy that was on fire for a good four or five years, and then he just playing with that one. Oh, well, you know what? You know what got him out of baseball? Earl Laver in that All-Star game hit a line drive and broke his foot, broke his toe, and Diz came back too soon and favored that thing. He, you know, it wasn't healed, completely healed, so he started favoring because it hurt him. And when he did that, then he hurt his arm when he changed his delivery. But he was he was on the way to, a, I think he had 12 or 13 wins by the All-Star break that year. So after his many uh, farming to Columbus, you finished out with 35 years in Columbus? At 35, I finished out in Columbus. And during the winter, Columbus traded me to Sacramento. Well, Columbus was owned by the St. Louis Cardinals. And Sacramento was owned by the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, so they just... So in the interim, I, yeah. I see what What was it like when you returned to the Solon? Uh, it was great to be back in my backyard, pitching in my backyard. So I lived in the, my home was Sacramento, and that's what I used in it to get back here. I told Mr. Ricky, I didn't tell him, we discussed it. I said, you got a ball club in Columbus, you got a ball club in Sacramento. I said, I can't see my way clear to go all the way to Columbus when you got... The same classification in my backyard. So if there's any possible chance, I would, I'd like to be pitching in my backyard. So he made the deal during the wintertime. I've had a lot of people say that Mr. Ricky is hard to get along with, but I can't say nothing but good words about him because we came to this deal and he kept his word right to the T. Well, you reclassified or how, what was the term for it? When you I don't know. Just yeah. traded, I guess. They owned your rights to you. They oh, yeah. Put yeah. Back on that right. Of all the years that you pitched, you must have been in those combinations 
so many times that they became almost automatic. But at the same time, like you said, depends on the situation, depends on the batter. Mm -hmm. It kind of required you to think what, how you feel that day and what's working right. for you. What's working for you that particular day. Some days maybe you might have a good change. Some days you might have a good curveball. They're not the same every time you go out there. Okay. Did you ever find that you had a hard time getting that, that wide sweeping curve back and you wonder where the hell it went and you spend time working on it? Did that ever occur? Mm, no, not, not till the end of my career. Yeah. But uh, during the highlight of my career or the, during my career, I don't think I ever lost the curveball. On the fastball, I never had it to lose. <laughs> Do you know what you what your top speed was at the top of your game? You mean, no, I don't have any idea. Did they ever have done anything? No. No. Of course. Now I think about that. Bob Feller was supposed to be so fast that they had that one film clip where they sent a policeman on a motorbike 100 miles an hour and the ball beat. Uh-huh. I, I heard something about that. Yeah. So I guess he was in Oh, they say he could throw hard. Bob Grove could throw pretty hard, too. Oh, is that right? Oh, man. So when you return, Bill Kelfer is the manager, is that right? That's what I got here in my record. Uh, in 37? Yeah. I don't think it was Bill Kelfer. I was in the record. But that was, that was Kelfer then, huh? Yeah, that's what uh, Okay. Um, and, you know, in those years, 37 through 39, I, I computed your one loss record. It was 68-41. You know, hell, it was a great year. You won over 20 games each year. Would you say you were at the top of your game in those years? I would, I would think so, yeah. yeah. Tell me you know, about the uh, Pacific Coast League. I, I, but if you could, I mean, like, who do you remember uh, being the big hitters in that late 30s period uh, in PCL? Well, <laughs> the guys you respected are the fellows that walked up to the plate with a bat. <laughs> the ones that forgot the bat, those are the ones you don't respect. But any time you lose respect for a hitter that comes up there that you think you're He's a pigeon. That's when you get in trouble. They're all dangerous. No such thing as a as a as a weakling. But the my theory of pitching was the weakest hitters are the ones you bear down the most on. So they're not on base for the good hitters to drive men. That Frankie Frisch, that used to drive him crazy. He said, "Oh, those base on balls used to drive him crazy when he was managing the Gap House Gang." Frankie Frisch? Yeah. No, I played against him. Yeah. No, Pepper Martin is the one that I played with for in Sacramento. No, no, 41 and 42. Well, you know, out of all the PCL parks that you played in, was there one that you had a favorite for pitching in? Yeah, Solon, Morning Field. Pitching at home, my backyard. Was there one uh, that was particularly the hardest? Oh, that's another deal. Like the fellows that forget the bats, they're all, they're all tough. You can't, you know... You got to get all those hitters out, regardless of what ballpark you're playing in. Well, like in Boston, for instance, a certain advantage uh, for a hitter is facing a left-handed pitcher. So you played the same way, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. Did you find that to be the case? Well, I, I don't remember much about Fenway. The only the only thing I can remember about Fenway is that there used to be a bank at the base of the left field fence. There was a a bank, and Smee Jolly when he went up there. They, they had him out there hitting fly balls and showing him how to go up and up that bank to catch pop flies and what have you. And one day there was he run up the bank and the ball was short and he came back down and he fell down. 
And when he got back to the bench, he says, all this, all this time they've been teaching me how to go up that bank. Never once did they teach me how to come back down that son of a bitch. <laughs> but there's no bank there now. Were you on, was he on your team when he played the pros? Who, Smith? Yeah. No, he was with the San Francisco Seals in the Coast League. No, but you said when he was up in Fenwick Park. Well, yeah, when he went with Boston. Boston had him for a while. No, this is a story that I heard. I didn't right. see this. This is a story I hear about that. He was, quite, he was quite a hitter. He was a hell of a hitter. Power. <laughs> During this exhibition, the story here, prior to that, they had played in San Francisco. And the big goal was Bruce and Garrett to come to town. Well, Steve Dolly played in the game in San Francisco, and I think he hit more home runs than Bruce did in the game. Uh -huh. were the same. There's no short left field fence or right field or what have you. The dimensions are all equal. Now, was that similar in any way to the actual Wrigley Field in Chicago? I think they're supposed to be a pretty close. Right? Pretty close, yeah. You saw Wrigley Field in Jackson Lake, right? Yes, I did. Right there. Pitched some of the against some of the big boys there. Hack, Mr. Five by Five, Hack Wilson, Gabby Hartnett, Charlie Grimm. Speaking about him, is he still in San Francisco? Uh, Modesto? Wait a minute. Not, 
Sam Mattel, that's it. Yeah. And he's also got a place up at Lake Tahoe. See, when I called, I said I identified myself from what I was doing with writing, you know, and stuff. Mm -hmm. He says, oh, what the hell do you want to talk to me for? You writers, everybody's pestering me. God, I don't know. What do you want to know? What the hell can I tell you? I know. No, that's not, that's not Dolph at all. He's oh. not, he's not like that at all. Yeah, he came on kind of belligerent, but, but I could tell I knew what he was really saying was, go ahead, what do you want to know? But first, he gave uh -huh. a lot of fluff from you for a while. It was funny, though. Because Dolph is one hell of a nice guy, I'll tell you. It seemed like it, but, you know, it was something you must have, You must have caught him in a in a bad mood or something, or something must have happened. He cheered up right away, though, because once uh -huh. I said, yeah, I want to hear your story. I want to know, you know, what things like. Well, what can I tell you? Well, Sam Mattel. Yeah, he's yeah, he was quite a guy. He was he was my roommate. And we both we had an apartment together in Sacramento. Fact is, I introduced him to his wife. I was going with Ruth Wallace. I introduced him to him to Dalton. He took her away from him, he married her, had a family. Is that right? Yeah. When you guys go off by yourself, maybe for a drink or whatever. Hunting and fishing, because going out talking about a drink, I never, I never frequent a bar. I'm not a drinking man. I never was a drinking man. Never did. Not even beer. So this is why I, some of these functions that I'm asked to go to, I sometimes I have to turn them down because most of them are, are a drinking deal. And not being a drinking man, like it, I think it's July the 31st. They're having an old timers deal at, in Cleveland for the Cleveland Stadium. Yeah. I was there the opening the, the day they opened it. Bob Grove pitched against Mel Harder. We had eighty two thousand people in the stand. And they wanted to get all the, the fellas back there that uh, and they wrote me a letter and asked me if I would be interested in coming back there. Are you going to go? No, I don't think so. No, I just figured that I'd, I'd be out of place in one of those things like that. I want to talk about uh, moving back to the Three Coast League. That's okay. really kind of where I'm focusing on. Okay. Uh, I, if I can help you in any way, I'd be glad to. So I haven't been the majors and since so long in the Three Coast League. What would you say was the main difference in the hitters that you faced? You know, what's the difference between that jump from the Solon to the Big League? Well, the, the difference between the minors and the majors is in the minor leagues, you may have three what you call real good hitters in a lineup. The other six are a step below, and those are the fellas you've got you to bear down. When in the big leagues, there's no let up down there. You don't only have three, you've got eight of them. I'm discounting the pitcher now, it's not a... But there's no let up in the big leagues where there is in the minor leagues. And I think that's the main difference. To start with, the minor league fellas may swing a lot of bad balls. The big leaguers, they don't do that as often. There's some that do it quite a bit. But uh, they generally, when they go up to the plate, nine out of ten of them, they'll go up to the plate looking for certain pitch. When they get it, they hit it. See, that's what Clark was just saying this the other yeah, last night, in fact. Will Clark. Yeah, he said, I was in a, a spot during the year that I, 
I'd get my pitch, and I'd swing, and I'd either miss it or foul it or not hit it good. He said, but right now, he said, when I get my pitch, I'm putting a little bit better wood on it. So I'm getting more to my natural stride again, my natural way of hitting. And that's the biggest difference between the big leaguers and the minor leaguers. And the power also. They, they generally have a little bit more power consistently than a minor league. What would you say on the offensive side of things was the difference in making it as a pitcher? They got they got they got the real good fastball. Ninety percent of your pitchers in the big leagues got a fastball that's generally right close to that ninety mile an hour mark or faster. And they got a, a pretty good curveball and they generally have a, a little bit of control. Where the minor leaguers, that's where they where they learn their trade, more or less. As far as even AAA, they're still learning when they get to AAA, and some of them are learning when they get to the big leagues. Yeah. But they got a, they throw harder, they got a better curveball, and they got a general, a better idea of pitching. But they've acquired or accumulated that knowledge in the minor leagues. When they go to the big leagues, then they. Now, in your case, when you return to the to, to the coast league, you've been playing close to ten years almost. Than strike him out with four or five pitches. 
and not only do it, but do the job. If I can do the job in a half an hour, why spend an hour doing it? So I used to work as fast as I could. Now that last week in 1942, Los Angeles comes down for the, the last series of the year, and they're up on you guys by like how many games? Two and a half games, I think. I thought it was five or four. No, two and a half. They only had to win. Well, you recall the game, if you remember. They came into town two and a half games ahead of us. They beat me the first game. That made him three and a half. Oh. And then I forget who pitched the second game. They beat him. That's right. So that gives them four and a half game lead with five games to play. All they had to do was win one of those. All they had to do was win one. Yeah, that's it. Walk me through those last. I mean, okay, you. And then we started, and like I said, everything that everything that Pepper Martin tried, it worked to a T. And we just went on and win the last five, four ball games. Or now that you had a double hitter on Sunday. Yes, sir. Yeah. And coming into that double hitter, now you're probably what a game behind. Mm-hmm. You've got the game behind, but you've got the momentum. You're probably yes. starting to sense you have a chance at this thing. Right. Tell me how that feeling was. Well, like I said, everything everything we did was right. Every time Pepper Martin pulled a, a player for somebody else. That fella came through and did a hell of a job to win the ball game. Was there talk in the locker room about we can get these guys and oh, yeah. stay with it? Oh, the feeling was great. So yeah. that Sunday, the last day, mm-hmm. did you start the first game? No. I think Clarence Beers started that first game. I'm not sure. No, we had Donnelly, Walker. Lions, Beers, and Freitas. You came in to relieve. Right. What was your inning that was? Eight or nine? I think it was in, I think I relieved in the eighth inning. Do you remember if you came in with the score uh, ahead or or behind? Well, I think we were ahead. Uh We were ahead and they started hitting Beers and Pepper took him out and I went in. I think I got one man out in the eighth inning that would finish the inning, and then I pitched the ninth. What was the crowd doing? The crowd must have been going the crowd crazy. was going crazy. Then in between games, we were in the clubhouse, and Martin's looking around, and he said, who the hell am I going to pitch now? I called my pitcher he used up. All had been pitching quite a bit that last week. I said, hell, I'll, I'll go get him. So I went out, warmed up. Pitched the final game. Did you do the whole way? Yeah. You pitched all seven? Huh? Was it seven innings or nine innings? Was it seven or nine? Well, the second game of the doubleheader, that wasn't a full Yeah, game. seven innings is right. right. Okay. Yeah, the second game of the doubleheader was seven innings, right. Yeah, pitched the... I'm sorry, I keep asking technical stuff. No, no, you keep asking. That's, <laughs> that's the only way you can get an answer. They scored their run in the fourth inning. And we scored, scored in the first inning, we scored two, and we scored three in the in the third inning. You were ahead four to nothing. Five, five to, yeah, we were ahead five, five to nothing. All right. And then they scored one, made it five to one. That's the way it wound up. You're, you're coasting on the lead in that game, boy. Right. Uh-huh. That's been a good feeling. All I have to do is just hold them down and, and yeah. get it. 
Tell me what happened when you threw the final out. Do you remember that moment? Everybody went crazy. The people on the field, everybody just mobbed around. Ball players and everything. We had one hell of a time.